Hello and welcome. You've tuned into the School of Ministry podcast. Paul is your Bible teacher today. Later you will be given information how to reach us. If you have questions you would like addressed, let us know. Feel free to contact us. Now enjoy the lesson. The word is read but not heard. On the other hand, if we develop an attentive spirit, this will spur us to create those conditions, a proper method in Bible reading, a discipline of time, and so on, by which the Spirit of God will find itself satisfied in the hearing of the Word of God. So our spirit also will be satisfied in the hearing of God's Word. Well, let me just ask, how eager are you to go to that quiet place? that private place. Open the Word. Commune with God. James says if you want to test yourself, be swift to listen. And the second thing he says is in that willingness to be submissive to the Word is slow to speak. To be slow to speak. And he's not just talking about just everyday conversations, everyday jargon. He's not talking about giving some opinion this way or that way, maybe giving a dumb opinion before we've heard the whole story. He's not talking about social relationships, any of that. What he means here is really very interesting because the literal Greek says, slow for the speaking. The hearing almost defines the, a sermon, a lesson. It, it explains that scriptural expounding of that. In this speaking It's speaking of the one who is doing the speaking. Let me make this clear. God's Word. We must be prepared. If you are going to teach or preach God's Word, you must be prepared. We've got to go about it cautiously, slowly, patiently. Sometimes it carries this idea here. It carries the idea of reluctance on the speaker's part to say something That's just not true. I can't tell you how many times Sylvia and I were talking about my first devotional. My first devotional, I had a concordance. Somebody gave me a concordance. And the church asked me, give a devotional. And so I looked up, here's the word clouds. And I read every verse of the Bible that mentioned clouds. And she said it was probably a good thing that I didn't expound on it. (laughs) Because I was not prepared and I'm so thankful that one of the older preacher brethren took me aside and said, let me show you some things. Let me bring you along. You see, that's the idea that he's saying here. Don't just put somebody up in the pulpit and say, okay, now you're ready. And I can remember... Brand new Christian, I'm fire, I'm wanting to do things for the Lord. And what did I do when I said, I'd love to teach a class. So they gave me tiny tots. <laughs> they said, he's a new believer, he can't do much harm with tiny tots. I didn't know, I should never have been put into that class. You see, that's what he's telling us here. Slow for the speaking. How many times have we seen? Well, later on in chapter 3, James is going to say this. My brethren, he says, stop being so many teachers. (laughs) Too many of you are teachers. You don't know that we'll receive a greater judgment. That's what he's talking about. If you're a teacher, if you're a preacher, there's a greater judgment. And because we know that everybody's going to stumble, and not only do we stumble because we're not perfect people, we stumble in our mouth, but we want to publicly declare the Word of God 
truthfully, rightfully dividing the word of truth. How many come up in the pulpits today and are just saying, this is the way I think it should be, that's the way I think it should be, and they're not following after the word of God, and it leads us astray, it will lead God's people astray, and they're under greater condemnation. There's a greater judgment for those. So it grieves me when new converts, I've been there, novices, untaught, Today we've got untaught celebrities that are being pushed forward and say, go speak for the Lord. That's contrary to this text. We've ought to be very slow before we stand and offer ourselves as those who teach. Isn't that what Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 3, 6, that no one should ever embark on the role of a teacher or a pastor if he's a novice, if he's a new convert. He should never be put in that position. Why? Because he'll tend to be lifted up with his pride and he'll fall in the same condemnation that the devil did. That's what Paul told told Timothy in chapter 3. And how often do we see young men lifted up in their pride because they think they know, they think they're, and everybody's patting them on the back rather than saying, wait a minute, brother, you need to go back and study and get into the Word of God. You need to know it. That's why Paul again told Timothy, because that would bring a great disaster upon these men that could be developed, that could be used, and they fall into pride. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 5.22, lay hands suddenly on no man. In other words, don't be quick to put somebody in a teaching position. Don't be quick to put them in the ministry because it's a serious thing. And we need pastors today. We need Bible teachers today more than ever. But we need to be preparing them. We need them to be ready to go. Corresponding to the positive command of here in the word of truth is that idea of submissiveness on our part. But there's also the negative side as to the nature of that submissiveness. We've got to receive the word with submissiveness. Sometimes we have a reluctance to step into that place of teaching, a reluctance to speak about Scripture because we just don't feel like we're ready. And we need to be preparing ourselves, readying ourselves, and allowing the Holy Spirit to work. There was once a young man that came to the philosopher Socrates. This is how the story goes. And he's asked to be instructed in the art of oratory. So the moment the young man was introduced to Socrates, he began to talk in an unending, incessant stream. When Socrates finally was able to get a word in edgewise, he said, Young man, to instruct you in oratory, I will have to charge you a double fee. To which the young man replied, A double fee? Why is that? The old sage replied, I will have to teach you two sciences. First, how to hold your tongue And secondly, how to use it. These two go together. There is a certain place where we have to have a reluctance before there's a willingness to speak. So it appears in the fellowship that James is writing to, this was a problem. There might have been a lot of people that were shooting their mouth off. Verse 26, uh, if anybody seems to be religious... If anyone among you think he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but he deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. 
You see, in James, over and over, he talks about that. So what was probably going on, Perth translation here, what was probably going on was there were a lot of people that were spouting off, popping off their views. We think this is the way it should go. There would be teachers. They're deceivers. They, their religion was useless, James says. In chapter 3, verse 1, James again says, well, let me just turn over there and read that. Stop, my brethren, let... Not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter punishment, a stricter judgment. What's he saying? So stop so many of you being teachers. <laughs> there must have been a big problem there. And then he goes on for the next 17 verses in chapter 3 and he talks about controlling the tongue. So you better get your tongue under control, he's saying. So obviously there was a problem there. Chapter 4, verse 6, he begins in about the proud, about being proud. So there must have been some proud people that wanted to be heard. In verse 7, then he tells them to submit. In verse 10, he talks about humbling themselves in the sight of God. And if He will lift you up. And not speaking evil of one another. He that speaks evil of his brethren judges his brethren. And he goes on to talk about that. So apparently there was a lot of problems in that church. Wrangling, fighting, evil speaking by some people who wanted to teach and they had no right to teach. Verse 9 of chapter 5, some of them were murmuring against others. So James says, learn to listen to the word every time you have the opportunity. And learn to be very slow to be a teacher. And it should be a compelling thing. We cannot hesitate teaching, but we have to apply ourselves to know the Word of God. We have to apply ourselves so until your heart is ready that you can speak the truth in its wholeness. You can speak it in its completeness. And if I'm not properly prepared before I get behind the pulpit, and I get sometimes very nervous because if I don't know what I'm talking about, I don't understand the text if I haven't done my preparation, I might misrepresent God. I do not want to ever misrepresent God. I want you to see God in His glory. I want you to see God in His love. God in His fullness. But God in His judgment. God, the righteous God. I want you to grow in your love for the Lord. That's what makes me nervous. I could stand here and I could probably tell jokes and entertain, although I'm not a good jokester. But I could probably come up with some good stories that it would entertain. Maybe I could keep you an hour. But then you're just entertaining. And it's just for a while. The key thing is to rightfully divide the Word of God. That's what puts a reluctance to the ministry. Or it should put a reluctance. So listen to the Word. Be slow to become a teacher. The third thing he says, and this is that submissive spirit. Submitting yourself. Let me get back there and look at slow to wrath. Slow to wrath. He says, or maybe yours says slow to anger. Now anger is a human attitude. And the word that is used here is orge. And it speaks of something that is a deep inside resentment. It's not that explosive, boom, man, I'm getting mad. 
That's not what he's talking about. That's a whole other word, thumos. That's the blowing up on the outside. But what he means is here, sometimes there's a smoldering resentment. Something that's underneath the surface, the surface that's deep-seated. It is that rejection. So what he's saying is listen to the word. Be eager to listen. Be very, very cautious before you speak the word. And thirdly, when you hear something from the word, don't begin to build up in yourself a resentment to it. Because one, maybe it doesn't agree with your thoughts. Or two, maybe because it confronts our sin. And I told you that so many times, and I've heard of so many times where people get angry at the preacher because the Word of God is convicting their life. And they don't want to change. And so if that's that slow resentment that grows up and they think that preacher is out of line. Why is he talking about that? I remember Brother Christian one day I walked out and I said, Brother Christian, you stepped all over my toes. And he says, well, I'm sorry because I was aiming between the eyes. <laughs> well, you see, the Word of God sometimes aims right between the eyes. Sometimes it's got to get right to the heart of the matter. And so if we don't want to hear it, it might build up that rejection. And it refers to a disposition of rejection here. So the context here is hearing the Word, teaching the Word. So it implies anger against those who teach the Word and confront the Word. I've had people that have differed with me, become very hostile, really hostile. I have seen less unsaved, unregenerated anger. And sometimes in people, when they hear the word, they just get agitated. They just, maybe they don't want to hear it. They say, I don't want to hear that. All right. But when you see redeemed people angry because of something that they're learning and they disagree with it. Let me give you an example. The Bible very clearly teaches on divorce. But when you're in the midst of marital problems and you're thinking, I just want out of this, and you sit down and they sit down in your office, they don't want to hear the Word of God and they become hostile to it. They become hostile to that. And that's their reaction is, oh, no, you've got to be wrong. Because they've already made up their mind. They've already decided. They've got this mindset. And they're coming against the Word of God. And so apparently, in this assembly which James is writing, there was a lot of stuff flying around in the air. There were murmurings. There were evil speakings. There was hostility. So if you notice over in chapter 4, and I'll bring it right to focus, try to do it quickly. He says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Have you ever heard about a church that was warring and fighting? Have you ever been in a church fight? Oh, it's a terrible thing. How is it that you were all at war with each other? They came out and their lust and their, that repressed anger was coming forth. You lust and you have not. You kill, you desire to have. That's quite some church, isn't it? You fight, you war. What kind of outfit is this? Why was that going on? Because they had pitted one another against each other. They, everybody wanted to be heard. Everybody had his view. Everybody had his opinion. There was anger. There was hostility. There were all types of attitudes. They were flying around. And he says, that's not the way to be. That's not our Christian life. That's not what the Word of God is going to bring about. The Word of God is not going to bring that kind of resentment and rejection when we submit to God's Word. There might be a time when you see something as an error. We ought to be very patient and cautious. 
And we could lovingly point out error. And Paul illustrates this in, in Galatians chapter 4. He's writing, and I think this is really right at the issue. He says, and he's pretty straight with him. He says, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? So the answer for some people is, yes. <laughs> we don't want to hear the truth. Don't tell us the truth. So James says you listen to the Word of God every opportunity that you have. You be reluctant to speak until you're really prepared to speak. And you patiently accept what's being taught. You slowly allow that to grow. And you test it to the Word of God. That we might be like the Bereans. That we checked what was being said to see, are these things so? So that we do not build up a resentment to the truth. He's trying to put a lid on the hostility. There was confusion in the congregation. Why? Because look at verse 20. He says, for, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That deep resentment, that rejection of God's Word, that resistance to the teaching of the Word, it does not produce righteousness of God. What does he mean by the righteousness of God? He means that which pleases God. That which is right before God. You cannot produce what's right before God and have a heart of anger and resentment and hatred. Now there is a just anger. Anger over holy things. There is an anger over the devil. And seeing what he's doing in our world today. Jesus became angry and he made a whip and he cleansed the temple saying, You've turned my father's house, into a house, which was a house of prayer, into a den of thieves. There is a time for righteous anger. There is holy indignation. There is holy wrath. But that's different. Because don't resent and build up bitterness and animosity and anger in your heart because you don't want to hear somebody speak the truth because it confronts your sin. The true believer then will desire to hear the Word of God willingly. He'll speak the Word only when he's become prepared and ready and he'll never exhibit hostility or a smoldering resentment against biblical truth or the one who teaches it. That's the very important message that we have here in James. Because it just caused all kinds of chaos in this early church. That was the very important message. In other words, to sum up these three things, receive the Word with submission. Don't get angry. Listen carefully. Speak when you're prepared. We're going to close out. But I want us, and I know I've been kind of preaching and teaching, and I want us to see the context of this because I want you to love the Word of God that brought you into the new life, that causes you to grow in your faith, and you're growing day by day. I want you today to begin to see that it's the Word of God that is alive in your life that brings you to that place where we repent and we're not resisting to the message, but we're responding that we don't take the Word of God lightly, that we don't just read and not hear. We want to read and allow God to speak to us, to work in our lives and in our hearts. That's what James is telling. Thank you for listening. We hope you've enjoyed the message. We trust you've been encouraged, challenged, or generally built up spiritually. If this lesson has sparked questions on this or other topics, please see our contact information in the description. 
or email us at sclofministry at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.